just sort of work through a couple of things this morning, because some of you probably are curious and want to know, and others of you maybe didn't even realize that we were gone, and uh, <laughs> I want to say thank you to our staff. They did a tremendous job. Uh, amen. Pastor John, Pastor Tommy, Pastor Tim did an excellent job. Steph, you did a great job with the worship and, and uh, office staff working so hard. And uh, um, I'm glad that there's actually people still here uh, after that. <laughs> now, I knew that that would be the case. And uh, I thank you guys so much. You guys uh, championed and did a gr- tremendous, tremendous job. And uh, I appreciate that so much. That was one concern that I never had uh, while we, the whole time we were gone. I never worried even a little bit uh, about what Sundays would be like, um, and I was not concerned that people would be like, oh, man, now Pastor Brian's back, you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> I, I want them to succeed, and I want this church to succeed, and I don't really care who gets the glory as long as it goes to God, and, uh, and uh, praise God, and I believe that that's what's been happening the last couple of months here at Joy. And, uh, but I wanted to just give you a quick little report of some things that, that we did, and um, I really don't want to because I just want to jump right into my message and start preaching to you, but I do feel it's fair just to kind of, and I even wrote things down so that I didn't forget them. Um, It was about 56 days that we were gone on what we called a sabbatical, and others called it a vacation, and so I just started calling it a sabbatication, and... uh, (laughs) <laughs> because there were some spiritual things, as you, if you may remember, we talked about uh, rest, renew, and reflect, and uh, I'm not sure that we did any of those three very well, um, but we did um, a couple of revelations, if you will. It took Shelly and I probably two weeks to get past the idea. I had to keep telling myself, I, was, I don't have to be anywhere. It was the weirdest thing. I was like, I don't have anywhere that I need to be. I don't have to be anywhere at any certain time. And uh, the only thing I really wanted to accomplish in those couple of weeks outside of some other things was drinking coffee on the deck. And uh, that happened anywhere between 6.30 and 8.30 uh, during the day. It was awesome. And that was, that's probably the biggest thing we're going to miss is, is having coffee on the deck. Uh, there was a little bit of boredom at first. It's kind of like, well, what do we do now? Well, I don't know. We can't do anything. We're not supposed to do anything, you know? And it's like, and Stephanie would come and go, oh, you won't believe. Oh, never mind. I can't even tell you what I. <laughs> uh, there's a little bit of guilt, uh, you know, just like, man, we should be working. We should be doing something. Uh, there was a lot of work we did. Um, uh, I thought about bringing pictures, but it's too much heartache. Uh, we, we tore off our, actually, this is what we did in May. We began to, we, I have a, we had an old cedar deck, and we tore that, demoed that, put in a brand new deck. Shelly and I did 99% of the work ourselves, and in the month of July, it was a little bit warm, and uh, we worked together. And by July 31st, we were kind of, she was more concerned about what it was going to be like to spend, you know, 31 days 24-7 with me. I didn't understand that at all. Because uh, I'm kind of fun to be around, but I also learned that my fun can be obnoxious to other people sometimes. So, <laughs> hey, it works for me. And uh, but after 31 days, we still liked each other a lot, and uh, uh, and we did that. And so we 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 rebuilt a deck, tore out a concrete patio, put in a concrete bigger concrete patio and retaining wall and dirt work. Last week got a lot of the dirt work done, and then we had the monsoon, and I found out where all of my weak spots were because most of the dirt that I put up on this hill was on the patio, and uh, so I had to redo all of that stuff. And that's been a labor, not even a labor of love, it's just been a labor. Um, We rented a cabin 
Uh, well, actually, first of all, uh, I spent a, Michelle and I spent about a week in the Black Hills. I wanted her to see some of the things that uh, that I've been able to go do during the Joy Ride. Uh, Joy Riders have been out there. I've been out there a couple of times with them, and uh, some areas that were just beautiful. And uh, so we, we did that. Came back for a, a little bit, worked on our deck, worked on our yard, and then we were in. Uh, we rented a cabin. Uh, in July on Lake Coronas, and our three children, our three grandchildren uh, came, and uh, I celebrated my 60th birthday. Man, it's only a number, and, and you know, one of the things that I never thought I wanted to be when I grew up was old, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, but I got a lot of mileage out of a, a line. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll probably say it once or twice, and, and that is uh, actually... My birthday, I think, was on a Sunday, and then Tuesday we were playing softball, and I had to run, and I was like, man, I haven't run that far since I was in my 50s, and uh, which, come to think of it, I haven't preached since I was in my 50s, so I am a little bit rough, or a little bit rusty uh, this morning, but we had a great time just with our family, you know, immediate family, and, and that was awesome. Uh, home for a few days, worked in the yard, and then I, I went to New York City. Um, right in the heart of New York City, stayed about a block from the bull, the great big bull that's right there on Wall Street, and uh, um, went to a Hillsong conference there, and I'll be talking more about some of those things in the in the following weeks. Um, and it was tremendous. I, I just I, I I didn't have an agenda when I went there. I was just you know what God, if there's something you want me to know, something you want me to tell me, something I need to do, something I need to stop doing, I'm all ears. But otherwise, I'm just here to I'm just here to soak in and soak up. And tremendous preaching, obviously great worship. Uh, the name of the conference uh, it was called More and. Uh, uh, and they weren't kidding because this, this morning service would start at 10 o'clock and there'd be a lot of music and then somebody would preach and then they did an interview and then another guy caught up and preached and uh, then they did some more music and uh, it was from 10 to 1 on, uh, in the mornings and then the afternoon their hour of le- their leadership hour was 90 minutes long so it was more and, uh, and then the evening service was at 7 o'clock and it, you got out about 10 o'clock and uh, and it was incredible. It was just so, 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 so good. And uh, just some wonderful takeaways from that for me personally and, and uh, that will eventually make its way to you, I would assume, as well. Uh, and then uh, Crystal, our oldest daughter, and Steph uh, came out and we spent the weekend doing New York City stuff. We went to the Empire State Building and Ellis Island and uh, the Statue of Liberty. We ate at Chinatown and did a Broadway play and wandered around. And it was hot, just hot. It's just hot, just hot. Then I was home for about two days, and then uh, I took Zach to Canada fishing and uh, went from a city of 8 million people that never sleep to an area that there weren't like 8,000 people probably in 100 miles. And to be totally honest with you, I loved both of them. I did not think I'd like New York City, but, but I loved it <clears throat> a lot. And then the last two weeks, uh, we celebrated Shelley's, Shelley's birthday. And uh, anniversaries of her 29th birthday now. We don't even call them birthdays anymore. We don't go by years. And, uh, and then we celebrated, I felt like such a slouch of a husband because we celebrated our 40th anniversary. And I didn't even know what we did. We didn't do anything. And I felt really, really bad. <laughs> she didn't want to do anything. Actually, we're, we're, it's kind of a makeup. We're going to go to Mexico next when it's cold here. 72 hours from now, it'll be cold here. And so we're... We're making that our 40th anniversary. I mean, every day is an anniversary celebration with us. So, oh, I know, I know. I love my wife more than I did 56 days ago, I think. And uh, praise God. And uh, 
And then we worked in the yard, <laughs> try to get that done uh, before it uh, before it starts to get starts to get nasty. And uh, um, I also, you know, it wasn't all just that stuff. I read seven of the eleven books that I said I was going to read. And uh, there's one book I kept looking at. It's like I know I'm supposed to read you. I know I should read you, but I do not want to read you. And I just kept pushing it aside. Pushing it wasn't the Bible. I kept pushing it. <laughs> Someone's like, oh. <laughs> and I kept pushing it aside, and I still haven't read that. It's still on my list. Uh, we drank lots of coffee. Uh, I love my Keurig coffee pot almost as much as I love my wife. And uh, when we were in Canada for the couple of days that we were there, the, we were in this cabin, and it had the old, old-style coffee pot that, I mean, it, you couldn't plug it in. You set it on the stove. You put water in it. It had the basket thing, and I looked at that thing for a day. It's like man, I don't think that you're going to make good coffee, and I'm a little bit intimidated because I have no clue. You don't even use a filter. It's like, what the heck? How do you work this thing, you know? So I actually, old school people know how to make coffee because that was actually pretty good. Hotter than blazes, but it was good. And uh, so I still miss my Keurig. But here's, here's what I was after, and this is kind of where I want to go this morning, is that I was after an, the overriding thought, and I, there was a lot of prayer and intentionality that went into those roughly two months for me personally. And, and I think if I would boil it down to one thing is I wanted an unobstructed view. An unobstructed view. That's, that's really what I was after. We've, uh, this church has been going for almost 10,000 days now. Uh, if I would break it down that small, there's, a, there's the potential for tunnel vision, for you know, what's immediate, what's right now, what's going on. Um, and and all, of the, all of the things that, that are clamoring for attention on a daily basis obstruct the view of, of the future, of what God wants. And so I wanted an, an, an unobstructed view. And in Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15, it says, Thus says, this saith the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. And that idea of eternity is the God of endless horizons. It is the God that continues, the God that doesn't come to an end. And, and, and if you've ever been in a high vantage point and you look out and you see horizons and you see beyond, you know, almost as, as, as far as your eye can see and you know that there's still more that's there, there's still more that's beyond that. And that's the image, the picture that Isaiah wants us to understand of God is that with God, there's always more. With God, there's always the unseen that is coming into view. And if we will just stay faithful and if we will just stay at it, if we will keep our eyes lifted up, then we will eventually see those horizons that are beyond where we are right now now. He is the God of endless horizons. And he says, I dwell in the high and the holy place with, whom who, with him who is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And, and, and there's this image, this picture of this God who wants to put eternity into our hearts and into our lives. And as I said, it's, it's technically 9,898 days since we began Joy Christian Center. And, and so I wanted an unobstructed view and one of the things that we did while we were in the Black Hills, uh, we rented a, a thing called a slingshot, and uh, we drove around. Uh, we have a picture. There it is. We, we, we drove that thing around for a couple of days, and it's a head turner. It's a lot of fun, and uh, it's actually way too much fun. It's unfortunate that there are so many people driving slow in front of me, because um, uh, I don't know exactly how much fun. But one of the things that we drove through Custer Park, and there's all these signs, you know, be careful of the animals, the wildlife, blah, blah, blah. And we were so excited. Shelly's like, I just want to see some buffalo. I want to see... We we saw donkeys, we saw all kinds of things, but eventually in a different place, the buffaloes came and, and we had a close up, I mean, they, I was trying, like, trying to get them to come closer, and, and, uh, but they're big, and, uh, 
And, and so we got to see that and, and, and uh, uh, see those kinds of things. And then one of the things that we did, uh, I think one of the first days we were there, is we drove through, we were driving through Custer in my suburban, and, and there was this little side road, uh, gravel road, that said uh, Coolidge Lookout or something like that. And, and, uh, and so I thought, well, let's go up there. And so I started to drive up there in my suburban and uh, it's a two-mile windy gravel road up to 6,000-foot elevation. And while we were driving up there, of course, well, the passenger side where Shelly is sitting just happened to be on the side that looks like it's sheer cliff. And she's like, hold it, get over, get over, get over. <laughs> and it's like, well, I, you know, I don't know if somebody's coming down because there's not really like too much, much room for a suburban and whatever else might be coming down the hill at us. And, and so I'm giving room because it's just cutbacks, you know, we're going around, going around, going around, and get over, get over, and to be totally honest with you, there were a couple of times where she was like, do you really want, are you sure you want to go to the top, are you sure you really want to get up there, I said, yes, I want to go up to the top, but on the inside, I was like saying, I don't know that I really want to go to the top anymore, because it's getting narrower, and it's getting higher, and you look down, and it's like, oh, kind of a thing, and, and I'm looking over, and she's, look at the road, look at the road, you know, <laughs> And there was no place to turn around, really. It's like once you've made the decision to go, you're committed, you know. And, and that's a lot like the Christian life, I think, a lot of times. It's like, you know, there's times we want to quit. There's times we want to turn around. There's times we want to go back. But we've made a commitment. And, and we know that, that maybe, you know, up around the curve, there, there's something better. And we got to the top. And we're, we were rewarded with this view. And I'm so glad that we got up to the top. Because as we stood there and looked out, and I just, it, it just... The God of endless horizons is all I could think about is that, that, that God, you are so great and you are so powerful and you are so awesome. And, and just to have that 360 degree view all the way around was one of the most incredible sights for me personally. It just, and it, it just, honestly, it was kind of like just, just felt like that. And, uh, and then we were in New York City and, 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 uh, uh, we went to the top of the Empire State Building, and there's like two or three stops that you could go to. And, and I was like, you know what, girls, we're going to go to the very, very top. I want to get as high up there as we can possibly get. And that's the view, 8 million people, the, uh, uh, just a tremendous, tremendous time that we had there. And I kept thinking, man, that's a lot of people in a small area. It's just a lot of people in a small area. And, 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 and kind of was, I, I'm not trying to be real, real spiritual, but I was, I was like, God, I'm just overwhelmed at how much you love everybody. Every single one of these people is important to you. There isn't anybody that's not important. There's not anybody that you don't care about. There's not anybody that, that doesn't uh, make your heart beat just a little bit faster. And, uh, and then, as I said, we were home for a couple of days, and then I spent uh, the last few days up in Canada with Zach Fishing, and, and uh, it was hotter than blazes in Canada, too. I mean, I felt like for three weeks I couldn't get out of the heat, and uh, it was about 90 degrees. There was no breeze, and, uh, and then the cabin that we stayed in, of course, didn't have air conditioning. It was about 120, it felt like, in there, and uh, it was, that, that part was miserable, but we caught fish, had a lot of fun, and uh, as I said, there probably weren't. 8,000 people in, in, you know, a 75-mile radius of where we were. And it was so quiet and so peaceful and so calming. And, uh, and, and I can't express enough from my heart to say thank you to, to all of you um, who make this church work and uh, who remind me daily of how important life is and how important people are. And, and I was talking with my brother-in-law who is a pastor. I was talking with him last night, and, and he's 
taking a, a few sabbaticals, and he was asking me, you know, what, what was your takeaway? And I said, I was really surprised at how much uh, uh, I missed the people. And uh, I, don't, I didn't really miss the office stuff, you know, like working. <laughs> Believe it or not, I actually work. And uh, uh, I didn't miss that as much, but I really missed the people. One of the first softball games Pastor John was at, and I just went running over there. It's like, man, I miss my people. I miss my people. And Ron and Mary were there, and Jimmy with the cowbell. And, and uh, it's just like, I, you know, I, I just miss the people. And so thank you so much for that. And I have some things that I want to share with you this morning in the next couple of hours that we have together. And uh, I want to read Isaiah 57 again because this really goes part and parcel with, with really where I, wanted, I want to go with this particular series and how I want to introduce it because we're calling it There Is More. And uh, I said I wanted to see forever. And, and that's really what this series is going to be about. It's about an unobstructed view. I, I want us to capture an, un, an unobstructed view unobstructed thinking, all of the reasons, all of the excuses, all of the things that I can't and I wish I could and all of those other things. In Isaiah 57, and this is from the, from the message version, it says this, a message from the high and towering God who lives in eternity. Where does God live? I don't know what that means to you. I don't know what you see when you consider that, what, what your imagination draws out. But God is the God who lives in eternity. We might think of it as, as maybe a heavenly throne far away off out some, somewhere past, past the time-space continuum or something like that. He says, this is a message. <coughs> Excuse me. This is a message. <clears throat> From the high and the towering God who lives in eternity, whose name is holy. I live, this is God saying, here's my message. I live in the high and the holy place. And that's what we often ascribe to God. God is up there. He is out there. He's somewhere. But notice the next two words, but also. Say, but also. We see God as this big God who's far away. He's out inhabiting eternity. But he says, I want you to hear this message. This is what I have to tell you this morning. Whose name? He said, but also with the low-spirited, the spirit crushed. And man, as I was reading that, I just, this is such a frustration for me. I I don't know where you're at spiritually, many of you. I, I, I don't know the journey. I don't know what's going on as it relates to your faith in God and where you're at, whether you've never experienced Jesus as your Savior, whether, whether you've never sensed his presence invading your life, whether you've never known what that is like, or maybe you're a, a veteran in the kingdom of God. Maybe you're one of those who, who you've been on the mountaintops and now you're sort of settled into, you know, just sort of the status quo and living life. But God says, I am the God who inhabits eternity. I am the God who is great. I am the God God who is powerful. I'm the one who created everything that was created. I am the one and I have a place and my name is holy, but I don't just live there. I want to live with those whose spirits have been crushed. (coughs) I want to be with those who feel like they just don't measure up. He goes on, he says, and what I do, I'm going to want to know what God does. I like this. And what I do is I put new spirit in them, get them up, and on their feet again. And I don't know about you, but to me, that's marching orders. That is 
God, I, I, I want you to fill me so much that I get off of my blessed assurance and I want to get up and get on my feet and get moving again. And so what we're going to talk about over the next couple of weeks, how does this happen? What goes on? How do we settle into kind of that mediocre kind of lifestyle? <coughs> Excuse me, I haven't preached since I was in my 50s, and I just, I've got <coughs> stuff. Thanks for helping me cough. That was a sympathy cough over there. I appreciate that. <clears throat> But that's, this is really how I want to introduce this series to you this morning. Actually, I was telling uh, Aaron Weeks, and I've, I've mentioned this to a couple other people, I sort of feel like, in fact, I thought about maybe trying to get a little video together of, because uh, this is what I sort of feel like maybe this is what you're experiencing or expecting this morning, is, is I wanted to pull from the old Ten Commandments movie with Charlton Heston and Moses coming down from the mountain in fire, and this is the return of Pastor Brian, and, and uh, you know, kind of, because I'm afraid that's what some of you think, and then, and then I was thinking, it's like, and then I want to contrast that with Forrest Gump and life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. And, and, and that's sort of like how I, I, I feel this morning is, is because I told somebody last night, it's, it's like I, I feel like in a way I wasn't even gone. I, I, I mean, it just sort of slipped right back into most of the routines that, that I, I have had for the last 25 years. And, and, and yet, I, I, I know I've been gone. And uh, praise God. Since I've been gone. I don't know that song at all. Why'd you bring it up? I don't know why I brought it up. It just came out of my mouth before I had even had a chance to stop it. <laughs> so I'm sorry. This series is really about thinking with an unobstructed view. It, it, it is looking beyond the present, looking beyond where we are right now. And, and, and I want to have two views of this. Number one, for you individually, that's so important to me, that you begin to encounter and experience a God who is, who, who, who is unlimited, a God who is so great and so vast, but, but then collectively and together that we as a church, that we would begin to embrace this God to whom nothing is impossible in a way that we never have before, that we would be ready and willing to have God breathe into us and get us as a church on our feet, running not that we've been sitting down, not that we haven't been doing some great things, but, but I believe this, there's more. I believe that we've just scratched the surface, that we're hardly even really where we, really where we, we could be. And, and, and I want you to think about this because to me, the obstructions are simply, it's excuses that we use. I'm too old. I'm too young. I don't know enough. I, my past, all of, the, all of the things that we would use as an excuse to, to, to really we don't realize that we're doing it, but we're really limiting God when we do that. And, and listen to what the Apostle Paul <coughs> was saying in Ephesians 3.20, part of a, a much larger, and I'm kind of cherry-picking one verse this morning. But in Ephesians 3.20, he says, and, 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 and we're just breaking it down. Now to him, God, who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, I want you to stop for a moment. <clears throat> Chew on those words. Look at them on the screen and think about your life. Now, we know that God can do anything. Amen? But notice what he says. He, bring, he makes it personal. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that, who? We ask or think. No matter how big you can think, there's more. I said there's more. No matter how impossible no matter how big that you can dream, that you can imagine, that you can expect, that you can think, God says, there's more. And not just a little bit more, there's exceedingly and abundantly more. 
I mean, there's more piled on more that's piled on more that's piled on more. There's a whole lot of more. A lot, a lot of more. I want you to imagine that for a moment. What does more look like? What does more look like to you? Some people, maybe it's just practical, more finances. But God says, I can do exceeding and abundantly above that. Some of you, it's a better job, better relationship, better life, better marriage. Us as a church, man, I, I want us to continue to be even more and more and more influential, influencing people towards the kingdom of God. I want this church to be in, in, influ, instrumental and influential here in central Minnesota. That when people hear about church, they don't automatically think of a bunch of bigoted people who, you know, are, are, are unkind and unloving. I want them to think of a people that are full of love. Full of joy. Man, I'm tired of crabby Christians. I'm, I'm not kidding. I, you know, life is too short for you to be crabby. And God is too good for you to be crabby. And God has way too much joy for you to look around like, walk around looking like you were baptized in pickle juice and drinking vinegar. I mean, like the old people used to say, don't be like that. Look at the person next to say, stop it. And if you didn't say it, you might be one of them. All right, no. I'm just... <laughs> now unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, no matter how big you ask, how big you think, there's still more. No matter how big you ask or how big you think, there is still more. If it's every person in your family saying, Jesus Christ is my Savior and my Lord. The ones you've been praying about, there's still more. If it's every person in central Minnesota, there's still more. If it's this church making a difference, not just in central Minnesota, maybe not just in the state, but in the United States, in, in, in this world, there is still more. Because he's able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask or that you think. And there is nothing that is too hard for our God. This God who formed mud in the ground and breathed his life into humanity and, and created this com incredibly complex human stuff that we are. This God who created a tremendously powerful nation out of a couple that could not conceive a child. This God who uses the weak and the, the, the foolish things to confound the mighty and the weak. This God who, who created a small little baby, the most vulnerable of creation that could, there could ever be, and caused him to become the savior of this world by defeating the devil, kicking him in the backside, and destroying death with himself. This God who did all of those things avails himself to you, and he says, there is still more. Amen. There is still more. There is still more. And you might be here this morning and you read these words now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask of. Think, Pastor Brian, if that's true, then what's the problem? <laughs> Go ahead, God. I just want more. Pour it out. I just want more. I just want more. I, you know, you, you talked about money. I want more money, more money, more money. I want my crabby spouse to not be crabby anymore. I want those people that drive slow to drive faster, I want those people in the left lane to die. 
but only if they're Christians and go to heaven. Otherwise, you know, just pull over a little bit. You know you think about it. Don't you wish that you had a gun with a turd or a car with a turd on it? You, you know, kind of, okay. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. <laughs> Oops. Was that out loud? Sorry. Bad pastor moment. We can edit that out. <laughs> well, but, but I know we won't. So what's the problem? Pastor Brian, if, if, if he wants to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, what's the problem? Why won't he do that for me? Well, because Paul wasn't finished talking yet. Paul went on. He said, to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to. According to. Everybody say according to. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, but there's an according to that is so important that we cannot, we, we can't miss what he's about to say because what he's about to say is what causes the rest of Ephesians 3 and this particular verse to happen. He says, he is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power. Is it power? power. <laughs> according to the power that works where? Yeah. Where? Yeah. Where's the power? Where? And it says it's according to this power that is at work in us that God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. You may not know this. You may not realize this. This might be the first time that these words have ever entered your eardrums. But they're true. We talk about there is more and we think of this God who inhabits eternity that is out there. But he says, I don't just live out there. I want to live with those that are of a broken spirit, a crushed spirit. And I want to revive them. And I want to get them back up on their feet. And this God who lives out there also lives in you. And not only is there power out there, there is power in you. And until you recognize, until you understand, until you know that there is power on the inside of you, you will always limit the ability of God to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you ask or think. If you're not aware that there's a vast resource of power on the inside of you, guess what? You have limited God. And while God is offering himself to you, God is talking to you, and God is saying, I want to be that God in your life, there is a part that we have to play. There's a part that we have to play that is, that, that, that is really dependent upon us because God will not do more without your cooperation. I said, God's not going to do more without your cooperation. God is not going to just force you out of your chair. He's not going to grab you and say, I want to do this. and I'm gonna. He's not going to do that. He's a gentleman, and he's offering his hand, and he's saying, would you just follow me? Just follow me. Just follow me. Just follow me. Just, just, just. There, there's so much more on the inside of you. Sorry, I got out of the light. I didn't realize that I did that, and I got excited. Hallelujah. Praise be. Woo! Yeah, all right. All right, here we go. This is an amazing scripture. This is in the book of Psalms, and, and you're familiar with, whew, man, I'm out of shape. I haven't preached since I was in my 50s. All right. <laughs> that clock is broken, by the way. It says I only have eight minutes left. Um, <laughs> some things never change. Actually, we have some people arriving for second service, and so... And, and that, I, I, I honestly, we're glad, I'll start over, no, I'll just keep going. And uh, no, I, 
I'm glad that you're here. Praise God. We appreciate everybody being here. And uh, I know that by the end of this month, we'll all have it together. Amen. Oh, praise God. I suppose our advertising still says that we're have service at no? Okay, good job. Attaboy. All right. Because sometimes we forget to change stuff like that. And then we have guests that come and first time here, and it's like, wait a minute, how come your service is at 10 o'clock? I thought it said 9 and 1045. It's like, yeah, well, whoops, sorry about that, dang it. All right, so in, in the book of Psalms, the children of Israel, they have left Egyptian captivity. God delivers them tremendous things. It's powerful. It's awesome. And, and, and if you saw the movie, The Ten Commandments, that doesn't even do justice to all of the majesty and power that God displayed on, on the behalf of the nation of Israel. And in Psalms chapter 78, and, and this is just a few verses of many in, in that 78th chapter that describe something that was going on in the heart of Israel that is so common to you and common to me, common to we, common to all of us. He says in verse 40, how many times? They rebelled in the desert days. How they grieved him with their grumblings. When God, when? Why God, why? How come it's not going to change? How come it's still like this? Why do they do that? How come they I'm tired of man. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. I don't like. Shut up. How many times they rebelled in their desert days, how they grieved him with their grumbling. Again and again, notice this, they limited God. They limited God, preventing him from blessing them. If it was true of the nation of Israel, the apostle Paul wrote to the church at Corinth and he said when he was talking about Moses and what happened from the Egyptian captivity to the promised land, he said these things were written for our example. And if the nation of Israel could limit God in that display of his power and his glory, you and I in 2018 can limit God and his power and his glory in our life because God certainly is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think, but it is according to, in direct proportion to the power that is active, energized, and working on the inside of us. He says, again and again, they limited God. They prevented him from blessing them. Continually, they turned back from him, and they provoked the Holy One of Israel. Verse 43, they forgot his great love. They forgot his love. And the overriding message of the New Testament is how much God loves you. And he loved you before you were perfect. He loved you before you ever made a mistake. He loved you before you ever earned or deserved the right to be loved. He loved you in your sin. He loved you in your frailty. He loved you in your failure. He loved you in those things. Do not ever forget that God is head over heels in love with you. Because the moment that you forget that, the moment you begin to deny the power that's working on the inside of you. Because you don't feel you're good enough. You don't feel like you deserve it. You don't feel like you're worthy. Can I tell you something? You're not good enough. You don't deserve it. And, 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 <laughs> and God loves you anyway. That's what grace is. And he loved you enough to pull you up out of the pit, out of the miry clay. And he does not want you to go back into the pit. He doesn't want you to go back into the miry clay. He wants to get you up on your feet, breathe his life into you so that you can march away from the pit, march away from the fiery, or from the, the, the miry clay, the stuff that holds you back, the slippery stuff that keeps you down. He wants to get you away from those things. They forgot his great love, how he took them by his hand and with redemption's kiss. He delivered them from their enemies. God has delivered you from every enemy 
there is. He's delivered you. You're free. You're free right now. There is not one thing, not one chain that can bind you. Not one. There's not a lock that the devil has that Jesus hasn't already gotten a key for it. Not one thing. It doesn't matter if you were born on the wrong, wrong side of the tracks, the right side of the tracks, on the tracks, under the bridge, down by the river in a van. It doesn't matter if your parents were divorced. It doesn't matter if you don't know who your parents are. God said, I'll be a father. Be a father to the fatherless. He says, with redemption's kiss, he delivered them from their enemies. They disregarded all the epic signs and marvels that they saw when they escaped from Egypt's bondage. They forgot the judgment of the plagues that set them free. What that basically means, they forgot the the judgment of the plagues, God poured out his wrath on the nation of Egypt, just like God poured out his wrath on his son, Jesus Christ. The Bible tells us that Jesus took our sin upon himself. He died on a cross. And God judged that sin. God judged that separation, if you will. God judged that in his son, Jesus Christ, and 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 poured out all of his wrath and all of his anger on that sin and Jesus died with it and as a sinner went to hell but a couple days later this God of eternity this God of endless horizons is God who says I live in the holy place I live in a high place but I also live with those who are of a contrite and a humble spirit this God who says I will breathe into them and I will get them back on their feet this God breathed into his son Jesus the breath of life and Jesus rose up from the dead and he shook off death and hell and the grave and he emerged victorious defeating the devil and triumphing over them with the keys of death, hell and the grave he said I am he that was alive but I died, I was dead but now I am alive again and I give you my my life, my life is on the inside of you right now. And I've not come, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. I want you to have abundant life. This is what God wants. So quit believing a lie. Quit believing that, that you have to be perfect for God to bless you. Quit believing. That because of something you did, that God's through with you. Because it's not true. It is not true. And so this God who says, I'm able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in you. I want to finish with this thought, and this is where we're going to go the next, we're going to talk about this. Because Philemon chapter 1 and verse 6 says this, that the sharing of your faith may become effective. The word effective is the same Greek word that, that when God says, I'm able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works or worketh in the King James. The word worketh in Ephesians 3.20 is the same Greek word. The New Testament was written in the Greek language. is the same Greek word as this word effective. And the Greek word is the word energeo, energeo. And it's the word that would carry with it the understanding that we would have today, energize. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that is energized 
in us. How do I energize that power? You could have, I have a bobcat in my backyard right now. And that bobcat is, is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful piece of machinery. Thank God for whoever was smart enough to make one of them little things because it is a lot of fun. I pulled out yesterday, well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters to me, but it doesn't matter to this message. There's a lot of power and ability in that bobcat, but it has a key. And all that power and all that ability would be useless to me without the key. But once I have the key and I turn that key and that baby kicks on and I begin to engage it, I begin to put it in gear, that's what Paul is talking about. That the, that the acknowledging of your faith, that the living out of your faith would be energized. How? He goes on to say that it would be energized by the acknowledgement of every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. When you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, let me talk to you as believers. If you've never said yes to Jesus, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you can listen in. This is not necessarily designed or for you. We're going to give you an opportunity to come to that same saving knowledge. But for those of you that are believers in Christ, if you made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, the Bible says that, that his spirit lives in you. And when you said yes to Jesus, there was a deposit made on the inside of you. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians that he, that this God, the height, the length, breadth, depth, the unsearchable riches of Christ, what God has put on the inside of us will never be searched out. It is so vast. It is so big. Apostle Paul tried to help us in the book of Galatians by what we know as the fruit of the Spirit. Do you know this morning there's love on the inside of you? It's there on the inside of you, but until you acknowledge it, it's dormant. There's peace on the inside of you. Peace that passes all understanding, but until you acknowledge it, it's dormant. There's patience on the inside of you that is greater and bigger than you, but it's dormant until you acknowledge it. There's joy on the inside of you that will be dormant until you acknowledge it. How do I acknowledge it? By reminding myself of what God's done for me. Heavenly Father, I thank you that the peace of God rules in my heart. It's in my life. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that, that it's a peace that passes all understanding. I thank you, Father God, for the joy of the Lord that is my strength, that it's a seed on the inside of me. And there's nothing joyful about this mud that I'm in right now. There's nothing joyful about the heat and this deck and this sawdust. But I thank you that you're on the inside of me right now, and I can rejoice and be happy. And guess what? It doesn't change right away. But as you continue to acknowledge, that power begins to work. It doesn't work out there. It works in here, and it changes you. And then eventually out there changes. Praise God. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm glad I'm in church this morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. If you're here this morning and I've addressed believers, but if you're here today and you're, you're for lack of a better word, you're an unbeliever. You, you've never taken that step of faith. You've maybe heard about Jesus. You kind of understand a little bit. But Jesus told us this in, in, in John's gospel. He said that unless you're born again, you will never see the kingdom of heaven. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. 
He didn't say unless you go to the right church, unless you do the right things, unless you read your Bible every day and pray every day. Those are all good things. You should do those things. But we shouldn't put the cart before the horse. He said unless you're born again. You need a change on the inside, not the outside. And the way that happens is by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God will change your life. And it happens again with an acknowledgement, with the words of our mouth. The Apostle Paul told us that if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, confess with our mouth that he is Lord, we will be saved. God makes it simple. So if you're here this morning and you've never said yes to Jesus, <coughs> you've never invited him into your heart and your life, and you would like to this morning and begin that journey with this God with every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment, would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, Pastor Brian, I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to be born again today. Anyone, just hold your hand up really, really, really high. Anyone at all? Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyone? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for this congregation of men and women. I believe, Father, in this place there are world changers. I believe that they will step into their world at home, at work, at school, wherever it might be, and they will change the world in which they reside. And I thank you for that. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said. Amen, amen. We'll give Jesus a praise.